This is a HeadGum Podcast. Do, do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you got a first aid kit handy? Do do you know how to patch up a wound, dummy? Ah 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 ah! You are you patient? Understanding? Cause I might need some time to clear the hole in my heart and I tried every remedy and nothing seems to work for me. Oh, baby, this situation's driving me crazy. And I really want to be your lady. But the one before you left me so damaged, so damaged, damaged. And I thought that I should let you know. That was my rendition of Damaged by Danity Kane. Which honestly maybe slaps harder than the original. The year is 2009. And I know what you're thinking, Greta. We've been in 2009 many times before. So I'm going to hit you with a different list. And I'm going to hit you with Rolling Stones 10 Best Movies of 2009 to get us in the motherfucking mood. All right. Number 10 on their list is a movie called The Messenger. Um, you know, never seen it, starring Ben Foster and Woody Harrelson as soldiers. And we will be asking our guests if they've seen any of these movies. Number 9, 500 Days of Summer. Of course, you know, I am a Joe Go head. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He could fuck me yeah, sorry, don't make that face, Tevi. Yeah, I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And you know what? Some might say this is peak, Zoe. Peak. Number eight, District Nine. A movie I have never seen. But here it's, it says, quote, Here's the blockbuster that deserves one of those ten Oscar spots for best picture. Apparently, it's supposed to be really good. Have not seen it. Number seven, A Serious Man. I did love this film. Um, you know, a, a Coen Brothers flick. We can't go wrong. Number six, Where the Wild Things Are. I had no idea that the live action came out in 2009. Number five, An Absolute Smash Up. Wrecked me, that film. Still does. Number four, An Education. A movie that I didn't see. My guest is nodding their head they did. We'll get to that in about 30 seconds. Number three, The Hurt Locker, obviously seen it, you know, Jeremy Renner. I feel like that was my first time really experiencing the je ne sais quoi of Jeremy Renner. The, uh, I'm, I'm, am, I a ren- am I a renaissance woman? Maybe. Oh, number two, Up in the Air. I loved that movie. Um, George Clooney, Anna Kendrick, a Jason Reitman flick. Um, you know... Great movie. And then number one, according to Rolling Stone, was Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire, which was an incredibly moving film. 
And where are we when District 9 hit theaters? Where are we when we are watching The Hurt Locker, when we are watching an education? We are in Newark, Delaware, honey, and we are Sooty Green. Sooty. Hi. What a capital T treat to have you on the pod. Who's gonna love me? What's that from? Precious. Oh, yeah. Who's gonna love me? That's a very good. (laughs) Thank you. An NYU education right there. Absolutely. Oh my God. Sudi, did you do do you remember seeing any of those films in high school? Um, yes, I did see District Nine. You did? Yeah, I did. I did. And it was like um it was the director of Lord of the Rings, Peter Something. Jackson. Okay. Peter Jackson. Okay. And so that was actually kind of huge for me. Had to sort of like follow the oeuvre Mm. of my L O T R King. And it was like South Africa dystopia, mm. like it was having a lot of like colonial themes, mm. um, but also was in the future. And then also, do you remember the um, the South African band Die Antwoord? Yeah, with Yolanda Pastai. Yeah, kind of chocolate. Yeah, yes. I think they were in it. And then they later got canceled for being like. Nazis or something. Oh, fuck. Really? Yeah. All right. Take it back. Cut it all out. Edit it all out. <laughs> Edit it all out. But also, like, not really surprising considering, like, the haircuts. And the history. There's a lot of things. It's very loaded, you know? Now that I'm actually spouted out all of those hashtag facts. Yeah. So, because I am kind of a facts person. Well, I'm just, okay, sorry to brag, know a lot but also have huge blind spots. But uh-huh. when I know something about something, I feel like you're kind of like this too. When you have like a fun fact, you like can't, you, you can't like have not to. tell people. You're like, like got, you get like ants in your pants and you're like, but also did you know? Yeah. Um, I'm a fact, I'm a fact head as well. Yeah. I love a factoid. Absolutely. And then I've just like, had so many boyfriends just be like, are you sure? Oh, I hate that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. It's like, I, I have an idea, honey. How about I remove your ribs so you can suck your own dick? Honey, say that. And that's why I'm always, I don't even have to say that to any man that I'm sleeping with. I just say rib, and they know what I'm talking about. And it's not Adam and Eve, babe. It's S and D's. It's not Adam and Eve, it's S and D's. Sweetie. Oh, I love, I lo- love it already. Um, okay, thank you. <laughs> Sudi, what what was going on with you in high school? What what was the vibe oh. like? What was your high school like? Who was Sudi Green in high school? Tell me what was going on. I feel fairly one hundred percent positive you were an excellent student across the board. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not had even... to be Iranian mother. Had to be. Yes, yes. Um, no. When you asked me what was going on with me in high school, the first word that came to my mind was teeth. Teeth. I had the most jacked teeth in the world. I, okay, so, like, I was missing, but, but this is important because it sets the scene for, like, my entire experience and, like, how, honestly, miracles happen every day that I functioned with these teeth and, like, actually, like, got to have sex and, like, have friends even though I had these teeth. You had sex in high school? Uh-huh. Okay, we're gonna get to that. Absolutely we are. Rib! <laughs> Rib! Um. <laughs> okay, so, I was born with nine missing adult teeth really only babies in the mouth 
where were the nine missing teeth? Where, where, like, what teeth were the ones that were missing? Well, four of them were wisdom teeth. Okay. So I never had wisdom teeth. Okay. And then, well, if you look at my current smile and you see some teeth look a little different than the others, those are the ones that, that were missing. Because we had to get um, implants. Wow. I had to get implants. So when did you get your first set of implants? In high school? Well, this was the issue. So they first had to make, so my teeth were fully jacked. I had like gray baby teeth. And then also just some of the baby teeth fell out and there was nothing behind them. So I had these gaps. So I had to get first braces, I think like freshman, sophomore year, like summer after eighth grade, I got braces that were like literally like two braces in the front, two teeth. And then like a gap of two teeth right in the front with like a coil in it. Just gum. I'm giving you gum. And <laughs> then sophomore year, I had a retainer with fake teeth in it. So that was great. But I kind of didn't like, I thought it was embarrassing to take the fake tooth retainer in and out at lunch. So then I decided to just go all gum all the time. But you were going to say keep the retainer in. No. <laughs> no, babe. Just kind of fuck the retainer. Retainer's actually for nighttime now. Yeah. And then, like, in my senior photo, I was, like, tried to make the photographer, like, switch sides because I had one side that didn't have the gum. And then one side that just had, like, two giant missing teeth in the front. And he was like, no, everybody's that going way. this way. Well, this was the bad side, so he was like. So would you smile without teeth? You smile. No, I would honestly smile with teeth. I love that. I don't. I think it was like I a little bit. I was so self conscious about it, but then at a certain point, I disassociated so hard from yeah. my own mouth. And then my parents were like, "Okay, I got some implants. I've I've had to get the two right in the front. That was like, okay, we have to get these. So I got those." But then I needed like three other implants. But my parents were like, do you want to go to college or do you want your f teeth fixed? I, I mean, honestly, <laughs> implants cost as much as like a tuition. So much money. And it also hit like m like right when I was about to go to college and I was like, honey, NYU ain't cheap. I'll figure it out later. Yeah, and you did. And I did. And I literally just at Christmas time bought myself a new tooth. That's so cool. On the bottom. Oh, really? Yeah, my last one. I got myself. You got a Santa brought me a tooth. Set. Yeah. Oh, that's really exciting. And I pay for it myself. That's Girl boss. Girl boss vibes for sure. Girl boss bought my own tooth. Sudi, I want you to know that I also had a coil brace missing tooth <gasps> when I was a senior in high school. So rough. I was missing this tooth, my left canine. And I had a baby tooth that was underneath it, though. It just, like, was not coming down. So, basically, they had to pull my baby tooth that was left there. And then I had, like, that coil springy thingy that kind of, like, yanked, pulled the tooth down from the it's gum. It's so rude when they break out the coil. I know. The coil's sick. And if you've never experienced the coil in your mouth, you're actually not a humble person. You're not humble. You're not grounded. You're not grounded. And you don't know your own privilege. You you're really so, don't. So you're blindingly unaware of your own privilege. Absolutely, 100%. I could not stand by a statement more other than rib. This is interesting because you strike me as a person who was like, never needed braces. No. I had front four braces in fourth grade. 
And what do you mean front four? Literally only my front four teeth had so braces. Were you just like, what's the point then? Yeah, I mean, kind of, but my, they, my... That sounds like a scam. That sounds like a money grabber. It probably they was. They saw your mom's bag and they were like, well, let's you, just give her the front four. You know that I was scammed by a dentist that like made me fully like addicted to laughing gas and he would like smoke cigarettes in his office. But my orthodontist, yeah, gave me front four braces because supposedly... My teeth were so gapped, like I had such a huge gap that they needed to bring them closer together to make room for my other teeth to come down, which I guess like does make sense when you think about it. But in the fourth grade, I liked having the braces because then I could, you know, have colors, color, color oh, coordinate. Yeah, I get the colors. Get the colors. One time I did black and orange for Halloween. Oh, I mean, it's, it was always a holiday Psycho! theme. Oh, yeah. Psycho I, I would do... um blue and white for Hanukkah, green and red for Christmas. Oh, I would, gorgeous. I, I think I also did black and orange for you Halloween You respected ones. all of the religions I with your braces. I saw my braces were non-denominational, babe. That's they, beautiful. It, they were beautiful. Unitarian braces. Were, yeah, I had, it was kind of the universal life church of braces. <laughs> um, and then I didn't have anything for a long time until my senior year when they were like, this tooth is not coming they out. They were like, well, girl, you want to go to college and you want to bang orang and look gorgeous in your senior prom you can't. Well, we're putting one more brace on you. Exactly. And guess what, girl? Coil. Exactly. Coil. Hitting you with that no. coil. And then they gave me a retainer with a tooth in it because I had to do Invisalign. I want a retainer with a tooth in it now. Pop that thing in and out. I have pictures of me wasted at a Kanye West concert with Patrick Foley, and my missing tooth is out. And I'm like... Shout out to Patrick Foley. Shout out to Patrick Foley. What year was that? 2007. Oh, my God. Remember when Kanye hit the scene and we were like, what is going on? This is so new. Yes. This sound is so new. I just remember, like, a rapper in a polo shirt. I, know. I think this might be for me. Like, <laughs> psycho. What kind of music were you into? I was into, like, all of the ladies that were singing like squirrels. I was into <laughs> uh, Joanna Newsom, okay. the queen squirrel girl. I was into Mira, Cat Power, um, really into Fleet Foxes. That album was very big my senior years. Um. Yeah. 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 Yes. White stripes. Shout out to Karano. Kind of like absolutely determined a lot for me with my style. My first concert was you did have Karano hair. Yeah. My first concert was yeah. 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 Karano hair right behind you. There's me in the frame. Aww. Has um, a roll, honey. Yeah. Gold line. Won't you tell me where the light is? I used to drive to school like brooding to that song every single day. I was like in my room absolutely angry about nothing listening to her music. <laughs> like, I want a date with the night. Like, where am I going? <laughs> I don't want a date with the night, honey. Was your high school clicky? Um, not in an insane way. I went to a very big public high school in Newark. It was like a giant high school. And there were definitely, like, cliques. I don't know. There there were kind of cliques, but I don't think that it was that crazy. You, there were social groups for sure, but I think that there was intermingling in certain scenarios. It was just basically, like, this huge 
school full of kids who kind of like it was who knew if you cared about high school people were just trying to survive like if you could get into a college everybody was like you're fine we're not worrying about you like we need to like keep the the primary goal of my high school was to actually just keep kids in high school and get them to graduate and so you're sort of like when everybody's just kind of like triaging in that way then if you're an honors student which is like we basically just had regular school and then honors if you like slightly cared about your education Mm -hmm. and so if you were an honors student it was just kind of like there you go babe yeah that's it (laughs) yeah well did you have bullies i had i maybe i was the bully (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if we had bullies i'm sure that kids did get fucked i know that kids got bullied I feel like my strategy was always to be mean and funny Mm. and like any girl that would bully me, I would just like be like, I'm meaner than you. And like, don't like fuck with me. Like I'll make everybody laugh about you in like truly one second. Um, And so, I mean, I'm sure there was, there were bullies. It was probably me. Probably thought I was being so funny and then somebody like goes home and cries. And I'm like, like, what? Everybody was laughing. And to this day, they're like in therapy being like, there was this one girl and now she's won a bunch of Emmys and (laughs) she's just a big old bully and no one knows. And then I would be like, I've never won an Emmy. I've been nominated several times, but I never won. (laughs) There was a girl in my, my senior year in my improv group. Sorry. There was a girl in my improv group who told me that if she were me, she would use her powers for good and not for evil, and that I was using my powers for evil. Oh, my God. And my powers were being, like, the person that, like, in the improv group that, like, decided, like, who was doing which, whose lines in any way games. That is very funny. And she hadn't come to rehearsals, and so I only put her in one. Well, I mean... Kind of fair when you don't come to rehearsal. You got to be coming to rehearsal. She was an incredible violinist, and that was her priority. Oh. And I was like, okay, well, go play violin go then. Go play honey. violin then, honey. The violin ain't going to strum itself. Wow. Were you in theater? My school didn't have a theater program. Really? Yeah, there was one my freshman year, and then. Uh, we did comedy. We had no money for rights to musicals that anybody would want to do. There was no budget. Mm. And so um, also my freshman year of high school, my school district got audited by the state because there was like some like fucked up money stuff. So they really like we didn't have paper. Oh, my God. Um, so like they bought all the teachers projectors and then they would put the homework up on a projector and you had to copy it down because they didn't make copies because they didn't have paper that's crazy people need to pay property taxes this is what the point of this story is it's like please i don't care if your kids go to the nicest private school please pay your property taxes (laughs) so that kids can have paper kids can have paper um how long did that last for all of high school all of high school you did not have paper well, we had the paper that we that were, you like, bought in our at the staples, but or there were whatever. no worksheets handed out. It was not a you would do questions out of like the textbook, right? I mean, they would print, they would have paper for tests. So, like, if you had to take like a bio quiz, there would be a printed out quiz that the teacher had made. But even then, like, I remember sometimes it being like up on the board, 
and you'd have to write copy it down oh my god that's crazy so we so we had so i went to a big sports high school and so and also i think that like you know in retrospect i was very angsty like nobody cares about the arts but it was like high sports was what actually was keeping kids in high school right like it was looking around like the thing that people cared about and the thing that like Kids would literally show up to class because then they could play baseball. Right. They showed up to class. And were the games like attended by the town? Oh, it was Friday Night Lights. Wow. It was full. It was full James Vanderbeek. I don't want your life. Like it was like that. Maxin. What is that? James James Vanderbeek's character's name in Varsity Blues. I don't want your life. Yeah. Remember the bikini made out of whipped Whip cream? Whipped cream bikini, Allie <gasps> Larder. Probably her most iconic role. Wow. Amy Smart. Amy Smart. Yep. Oh, my God. I know that movie. God like, bless her. God bless Amy <laughs> Smart. Truly. God bless Amy Smart. And bless her. I mean, I love that movie. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. My high school was, like, bad at sports, good at arts. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was... We didn't even have a football team. You didn't have a football team? No. Lame. It I was lame. Care. We didn't, didn't have a football team. Did you go to the games? We Yeah, I went to the games, like, almost every Friday night. And Did you guys like... drink? Were you, were you drinking in high school? Because you're a good student. Were You were, like, in extracurriculars and stuff. Yes, I was. I got really into weed and made it my entire personality. Yes, like, me too. I would too. say about sophomore year. Wow. And it was easier to get weed than it was to get alcohol. Like, really? Al- yeah, because there was, a, there was an illegal system to get weed. There was a structure. Right. <laughs> this is why people need to pay their property taxes. Because <laughs> there was a structure and a system for us to get weed, and there was no established structure Who for us to get Who would you get, get weed from? Oh, God. Who would I buy weed from? I would always get it through, like, a boyfriend, basically. And who was the first person you smoked pot with? My sister. So my I my sophomore year, and I was very much like my freshman year. I was like, I'm not going to do drugs because I care about being in control. That was like my line. What the fuck was I doing? So I go. My sister went to Smith. She's four years older than me. My sister went to Smith College, which is an all women's college in Western Massachusetts. And it is it was all women. And so this is what happened. My sister, I show up. She was, like, good in high school. I show up to college. I'm like, you drink and you smoke weed? Like, what happened to you? And she was like, 
fucking chill out. And I was immediately like, you're right. I'm lame. Yeah. <laughs> because she was like such a big influence on me. Like it took right. zero resistance. So one of her friends, again, all women's college, I'm like living in a beautiful, like safe womb of like, you know, girls with baby bangs. And my <laughs> sister's friend had this French boyfriend that was visiting. It was so cute. His name was Achno. And it was spelled like Arno, but you had to say it like Achno. Oh my God. And he was like, we're going to smoke. And I was like, yeah, me too, man. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so French. And then he lied to me and he said, we we're going to a concert or something. And he said to me that it was a spliff, that it was half tobacco and half weed. And at this point, had you smoked a cigarette? No, I never smoked anything. And so I actually can't remember if I actually, but it wasn't. Then later my sister told me that it was actually all weed. Sure. And um, she said to me, she was like, I, you know, you're going to do it. Eventually you should do it here with like me and like, right. you know what I mean? In the safe space, like literally just surrounded by girls dressed like Hannah from Girls. Like, you know, it was just very peak that. Yes. And so, yeah. And then after that, I was like, okay, everything's funnier and more fun when you're high and then you Sorry. loved it <laughs> yeah and then that was what i would do at football games i would get stoned Love and like that. talk to my teachers and they were like i thought they couldn't smell it on me i'm like such an idiot that would be me in high school except with cigarettes i mean and pot but i also smoked cigarettes and i remember like we used to go to the alley to smoke and then we'd come back and you reek of cigarettes yeah. when you smoke cigarettes you cannot hide it no and you way. also reek of weed when you smoke weed so like it must just be like a drove of teens coming back from lunch or coming back from break just like reeking of smoke oh my god i mean like the amount that my parents knew that i thought oh, like yeah. i would just be like i'm going on a drive with my friends yeah I was, yeah, I was going on a ride in the woods to smoke in a car yeah. that a 17-year-old was driving. Yeah. Like, psycho. Psycho. We're so lucky that we're alive. I say that every day. I really feel that way. Like, when I, teens and driving, just across the board. I mean, there are terrible drivers no matter what age. But, like, well, yeah, when you're, like, 16 years old, hotboxing your car, and then you're going to, like, drive to chipotle after it's a miracle that you make thank it. god for the suburbs that's all it's yeah. like thank god that we were like in a some sort of like can you imagine doing that and driving through la traffic no i was in dc way. i was weaving yeah. oh, in and yeah. out of no, georgetown tiny streets i don't know how i didn't like knock off a side view mirror i don't know how i didn't run over the damn bush daughters <laughs> Honey. <laughs> and the Bush daughters should be thanking God every day. I didn't hit them with my Mini Cooper. How do we feel about Jenna? Do we forgive everything? I don't, I don't at, know. At this point, we have so many other like super villains in the mix that it's almost like. I loved Kathy Lee and Hoda. And now that I see Jenna Bush and Hoda, I'm just like, can't get fully on board. It's a like, weird mix. It's a and weird also, mix. like, she can't disavow. No. She can't. No, she can't. Even if she wanted to. I know. It's, it's, it's like being part of the royal family. You gotta, you gotta either pull a Harry and Meghan and fully get out. She's never going to. I can't to. get on. You know what I'm just going to say? I can't get on board for Jenna on, on the Today Show. I just can't. And that's fine. You don't have to. Not on this podcast. I'll smile at Hoda, but I'm, 
I'm not smiling at Jenna. Was the Today Show, because the Today Show was like really a part of my life in high school mm-hmm. and all of growing up, just like waking up to that in the morning. Did you, were your parents put it on every morning? We were not a Today Show family. We were definitely an NPR Oprah family. Yes, okay. Definitely NPR in the morning. Yeah. Hearing that kind of blasting from yeah. the kitchen. My mom would always have NPR going in her car uh-huh, yeah. and it would immediately put me to sleep. <laughs> I would, it was, it was like, my mom thought I was narcoleptic for like a solid month because I would just get into the car and I would just, she'd be like, how are you? And I'd be like, because <sighs> like yeah. Terry Gross's voice would be in the background and I would just be like, it, to me, that's like Klonopin. I'm such a good sleeper in general. And then I brought this up to my sister and she was like, that's a trauma response. And I was like, call my ass out. And she was like, anytime you get yelled at, anytime, like, you know, our parents are getting in a fight or whatever, you'd be asleep. And I remember I would go and I would, ch- I mean, like, not that anything terrible happened in my childhood. This is just like normal stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? And she was like, and I would go check on you to see if you're okay. And I knew you'd be asleep. And I was like, okay, I'm just like talking about like how I'm good on planes. <laughs> She's like, it's a trauma response. A trauma response. <laughs> but she's probably right. I mean, yeah, there's truth. NPR. Trauma response. Terry Gross, I fall asleep. That's a trauma response. I mean, it probably was, to be honest with you. Um, So you had boyfriends in high school. Yeah. Multiple. Um, like one and a half, I would say. Serious? Um, I had one serious Like you boyfriend. thought to yourself, wow, I'm going to marry this person. No, I was too mature for that. I was like, this is a good high school relationship. I feel safe enough to lose my virginity, and now I will go to college single. Yeah, but but <laughs> having done what I wanted to do, which yeah. was lose my virginity. Lose my virginity to a safe, sweet man. Was that a goal of yours in high school? Were you like, I refuse to go to college a virgin? Um. Yes. I mean, I was very sexually empowered, I feel like, because I had like a feminist mom, mm-hmm. and so... And also, like, my friends, like, we were all kind of like, we're going to wait for the right person. But then we are going to have sex. Like, it was yeah. very kind of a, we had somehow the good messaging got in there. And so um, I, like, was in a, had a boyfriend my senior year. I mean, we were in love. I felt very in love with him. And That's then so nice. We made love, and I thought that we had sex, and then turns out that we didn't fully penetrate and then next time we had sex in my basement and there was blood everywhere really there was blood oh my god wait so the first time he like he entered you but not fully the first time it was like so much effort to get the pee in the vase and we didn't know what we were doing right and i remember it like hurt and we didn't and we hurt and we didn't and then finally there was like enough pumping and like he came also like with a condom on like you know what i mean like a lot you were being responsible we were being so responsible except the fact that i wasn't studying for my psych midterm but um (laughs) and so you know then it was like we did it where was it it was in his bedroom we had half days during midterms and finals to study so you would take two midterms in the morning and then you would study or go lose your virginity love and then i like we were cuddling and i was like okay well um i have to go to my model un meeting because i run them and so i'm just gonna leave so then i like called my friend on my way to model un and i was like i did it i lost it and she was like oh my god tell me everything and i was like well i just pulled into the y and i'm running late so i'll tell you later (laughs) That's really funny. Um, and then the next time we hung out, 
we were like, great, now we're sexual partners. Now we have sex. We go into my basement, which was not like a nice finished basement. Mm-hmm. It was like a nasty basement. Like lay down a blanket and get to town. And then he gets up and there is blood all over the floor and all over his shirt. And he had to like borrow like a speech and debate t-shirt. Oh. <laughs> to wear home. No. Yeah. And that hurt. Then you were like, oh, now I've officially actually had sex. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Oh, my God. I know. And then since then, basically, sex has been perfect every time. I love that. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. So great. I literally come every single time I've had sex since I started having sex. Painless, constant coming. And, like, um, always... (laughs) Always satisfying him with Always somebody satisfying you love. satisfying with someone I love. Get treated really great and really nice. Every single time. Every single time. Eye contact plus kissing. Yeah. And the person that's fucking me, insanely hot. Oh, yeah. Every time they're insanely hot. Huge and dick. every time they think I'm hot. Yeah. And the dick is huge. The dick is huge and fully hard and erect. 100%. Yeah. And also sober every yeah. time. Yeah. Sober as a stick. Sober as a goddamn stick. Our eyes are bleeding. I honestly, I don't think I started having like sober sex until I got married. I literally <laughs> just had sober sex for like the first time in months the yeah. other day. And I was like, is yeah. this the hack? Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like so much better. But like to when you're like dating, especially in New York, like. In your early 20s, you're not having sober sex. And also it's like, even if you're not drunkity drunk, you're, it's like late at night too. And I feel like the combination of like two cocktails and it being like 1 a.m. Oh, yeah. I'm in a fugue state. I don't remember anything. I don't remember. (laughs) Sex? I don't remember. if, If I'm awake past midnight, I'm blacked out. That's basically what Even it is. Even if the eyes are open, yeah. it's past midnight. I'm asleep. Nobody's home. Yeah, I'm narcoleptic. You're narcoleptic. It's true. And that's a trauma response. And that's a trauma response. I mean, I've said this. I, I do need to make merch for this podcast. Um, I don't think I can make sweatshirts that say high school sex is bad because I just, I don't think that. Because Christians will come Because Christians will come for me. We can make a sweatshirt that says rib. That's good. Which we should. Yeah, rib is good. Rib is good. Should make rib a thing. Yeah, here. rib should be a thing. Um, but I do stand by the fact that, you know, I was someone that was like very sexually active in high school, trauma response. And um <laughs> and it was all bad. Like But don't you remember, okay, yes, the sex part was not good, but you know what was good? making out for hours and it being a full fucking it being like dial soap down there like you remember those those bp oil spill commercials where that little duck girl that was in my fucking <laughs> pants and i was like i would get so fucking wet not like 
not know what to do with myself. I was so wet because I was making out and grinding with no release. Yeah. And I thought that's what sex was. I really did. I was like, sex is great because that part was fun. Yeah. Being so turned out so turned on for that turned long. turned on and turned, turned out, out. <laughs> i wasn't getting turned out that was the problem that's why i was so turned on i mean i do the makeouts the anticipation those things that like exist in high school it's People so don't make out anymore sooty i when, when we're off air i'm gonna tell you my little theory about that because I'm going to write an article about it. You should. I, I pitched it. I'm literally going. We have lost the art of making out because we don't we don't even see it in mainstream blockbuster movies anymore. Like uh, that's not kiss. even a part. No, that's not even a part of like what we're intaking culturally. Where for us, like the upside down Spider-Man kiss, the Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling kissing in the notebook, even like Top nine, Gun when he they do the, the original like, open Top mouth. Gun, yeah. also making out on the motorcycle in that movie. Like there's so many in Ghost, I mean there's so many iconic movie makeout moments and they've just stopped. And like do you I think that you blame the intimacy coordinators. I blame <laughs> all of the intimacy coordinators. I blame all of the we people. We should make a movie that uh, promises audiences a lot of kissing. I want to make a movie just called The Makeout. And you just get to, it's basically like porn with no penetration, no nipple, no nothing, just people making out. There has to be makeout. I fetish. would pay so much money to see hot people make out. Me too. Well, that's the the fun in like, you know, watching. Um, Transformers. I mean, oh, I Shia you were is say real couples porn. No, well, real couples. That's porn the nice thing about when it's nice. It's a real couples. Well, some might say at the time, Megan Fox, Shia LaBeouf, were they a real couple? Oh yeah. But I remember like frothing watching that movie. You know what was a a big frother for me? What that was recent was Bridgerton season two. Oh, that's I rewound. I you? rewound. I would because there's so much anticipation. And then right. When we finally do it. I had to watch a couple of times. And there's a certain scene in I'd... the finale. Did you watch? No, but you can spoil it. Well, spoiler alert Bridgerton season some... two. Fast forward if you Gorgeous. care. Gorgeous. This is not a spoiler. Nipple, mouth to nipple action. We love that. And it made me want to go back in time. What was your number one horny movie in high school? When I would watch Now and Then, for example, maybe when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa, can kiss. I, can I kiss you? Yeah. Can I kiss you? And then they kiss and then they drink the Coke. Yeah. Can I kiss you? Yeah. That was huge for me. So cute. Devin Sawa. Huge. Well, okay. I think The Notebook was big. I think that that scene where like they're they lose their V to each other. That was formative. I also started watching The L Word. Oh, Sudi. The L Word was my bone zone. I would have that is a sexy the most show. graphic yeah. dreams to Shane just like fingering the fuck out of me. What was it? The Spoke Zarathustra or whatever? The fucking first season where that girl is like, I have no memory really of where it. Where the girl like, what? The, the straight girl like connects intellectually with that like beautiful like French gay woman. Oh, yeah, 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 And yeah, then yeah. she's like fully turned. Yeah. I mean, 
I remember getting those Showtime box set DVDs from the library mm. and like watching them with my sister and us both sitting there like. Yeah. No, that show made me. That's a sexy show. Oh my God. It's a sexy. Always... The original. I yeah. did. I do want to say did audition twice for L Word Next Gen. Didn't book, but am available. Okay. We'll show tit and clit. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, it's. I forget. I always forget. Even like when I'm writing stuff, I always forget that when people haven't kissed and then when they do kiss, that is the most important thing that will ever happen in a film. Oh, yeah. I always forget that where it's like the tension, the build, like it yeah. is so like significant when it's like and then they finally boned. Yeah, that's perfect. All movies should be that. I know. And that we don't have that a anymore. Lot of movies, but no. I wish that it was more. It's really not anymore. I feel like it's not. I feel like it's missing. I feel like in high school we had like a really hefty dose of it, and then like even when we watched Bring It On and we got to watch watch fucking Miss Dunst make out with Mr. Bradford, that was huge. Huge. When a preppy girl loved the indie guy, honey. honey. I'm 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 Dawn. I'm the duck in the Dawn yeah, commercial. <laughs> that's it. It doesn't get any better than just that. grease and soap. Um, when you look back in high school, is there a moment for you that is like quintessential Sudi Green? Yes. Do you and tell it? Does I'm just going off of pure instinct. Please left my Euro trip early to go home to Delaware for a debate conference. <laughs> And that's it. That's all. Did that's you all win debate? Yes, I went. Well, I was in this um very into Molly UN and another program that was like Molly UN, but was uh like state legislative called Youth in Government. Mm. And I was big into it. I was very into because I was not a big extracurricular person at all in my high school, but I loved Harvard Model Congress. This is like the same thing. Yeah, and I loved it because I did not get to act at my high school, but yeah, I got to same. act when we would do mock trial. All of that speech and debate shit is such a Venn diagram with theater kids yeah. because it's um, you can be a really good bullshitter. Mm -hmm. You have to basically just be able to think on your feet and be like charismatic. Yeah. And then people like vote for you. I love that. So I left my Euro trip my junior year because that would be the conference that I would run for youth governor so that I could be youth governor of my state my senior year. And you became youth governor of the state of Delaware. Oh, yes, I was the youth governor. And then I went to the national conference and then I was elected to be one of six high school seniors that would come back as freshmen in college and preside over the debates at a thing called Kona Conference on National Affairs. It's a YMCA program. It was a giant part of my life. Did you do it your I freshman went, year? I went back and it was like, I would always be so obsessed with this debate conference that was all of the best kids from all across the state. So you would be like debating like true conservative whack job kids from <laughs> Texas. But then like you'd be like, low key, he's kind of hot. Yeah. And like grind on him on a dance. Like it was like this very psycho. I remember there was like a ceremony at the end of this conference where we would have to like pledge our allegiance to like the nation, which is like crazy for me to think about because I'm like not a nationalist in any way. Um, And so my senior year, I got picked to be presiding officer and come back to this conference in North Carolina and preside over like a 500 kid debate 
um, for four days. And it was so fascinating because it was like such a giant accomplishment for me. And I was so proud that I had done it. And then a year of New York. And then I come back to like Southern Bells and, um, you know, gentlemen and seersucker kind of respectability politics. And also there was just like, you know, it was a microcosm of all of the problems in this world and they like kind of just came forward in this thing and i was just like fuck this i'm in new- i'm in new york now like yeah like i, I smoke cigarettes yeah. like um fucking eighth street ever heard of it i yeah. take the cue like i don't want catch me on saint mark's honey getting my belly button pierced i gotta go yeah absolutely which is like not real new york either no it's not not i was like um have you ever had pinkberry uh <laughs> You're like, I have one word for you. O Cafe, 12th Street and 6th <laughs> Avenue, babe. I have one word for you, except it's two. Dollar pizza. My two guy. bros. So by all means, let's debate whether we should close Guantanamo. <laughs> I am have seen two Broadway shows this year. So I have eaten at Waverly Diner. <laughs> um, ever heard of it? Ever heard of that? Yeah, wow. but I guess let's debate state-sponsored abortion. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, I do love that you went back because I feel like so many people would be like, fuck that, I'm not going back. I went back and I went back like with all of my heart in it. And yeah. then once I was there, it was just kind of like... The curtain had dropped. And because you know that there were kids that went every year and then became advisors and all of that stuff, which is like great. Yeah. But I think that I had gone into a completely different world and then I came back and I just sort of like was like I didn't want to interact with people who were like young Republicans I just kind of was like I don't this is actually this like equal sideism and like we're all kind of communing in the discourse and stuff I had like I think I was just older and I was like I think that this is all bullshit and I think that like some of these views are just fucking evil yeah (laughs) and I don't really like want to debate them yeah Hmm, that's weird. Hmm. Weird that you wouldn't want to spend time about a bunch of, around a bunch of young Republicans. Hmm. Hmm. That's weird. That's really weird. That's weird. I love spending time around pro-life 15-year-olds. So crazy <laughs> more to see 17-year-olds in seersucker. Like, you know, like st- leading in us in prayer. And I was like, but also like my stereo, I would go there, you know, and be like, I'm a, I'm a liberal bitch and I'm going to. And, you know, I was filling that stereotype. They were like, okay, Maddow. Yeah. And I was like, you're right. Yeah, they're like, no thank you to that Urban Outfitters shopping freakazoid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Is that a knock I hear on the door? Why, yes, it is. We're in the high school guidance counselor's office. And guess what? I'm your guidance counselor. Ah! Um, In this segment of the show, we like to rectify a wrongdoing of the past. Whether that was maybe you being a bully and you want to apologize or if you want to say fuck you to someone, you can yield this time however you'd like. And um, then at the end, you're cured of ever being haunted of anything from your high school past ever again. And then for sharing, you get a Johnny Rancher. And if your blood sugar is low, please have a apple juice. Okay, there is something that happened in high school that I, when I think about it and it'll like come to me when I'm doing the dishes, mm-hmm. I get a fucking chill up my spine. So... I was in this another improv group in my high school. It was an out. It was an extracurricular improv group in a local theater 
for a local theater, community theater. And so we had keys to the basement of this community theater. And I had been told by other guys in the group, you know, I was the only girl, um, that, so I had, okay, to back up, one of my, he was never yeah. really my boyfriend, but he was a, a crush of mine and we used to kiss. This kiss, my, he was my first kiss, actually. This guy who was my first kiss, he and I were in the same improv group and he was now seeing this other girl. And I was like, didn't really have any animosity towards him, but I think that there was something there of like, maybe I just felt a little territorial. So he had brought his new girlfriend to the basement of this community theater and they were hooking up. And because, you know, we're in high school, we have nowhere to go. Yeah, we need places. There's we need nowhere zones. to go. And you have a key to a basement of some place. Yeah. Like, you're taking your girlfriend there. And so I had heard from the guys that they had walked in on them and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. So I told everyone this story. Thinking nothing of it. Just thinking, like, oh, my God, this hilarious thing happened. Because when they told me the story, I was like, this is so funny. Not once thinking about this girl that I go to high school with that now I have brought this story to our high school. Because also this was, like, an extracurricular. Sure, it was outside of the world. It was in the community. Yeah. I'm bringing it into our community. And then I was going, walking towards my car, and my ex-kiss man comes up to me and is so mad at me. And he's like, you've been telling us this thing she is so upset and i like basically just denied it i think i like blamed somebody some other girl who had been like also like i had told and she had like kind of encouraged me this is just mean shit yeah mean shit and i felt so terrible and i could not open up to it and i like could never see that girl in the hallway i didn't really know her that well but like every time i saw her i just felt like sick to my stomach and it's I hope to God that both of those people have not. Well, now I'm talking about it on the podcast. Whatever. Well. Well, no. Now, hold on. Now you're owning up to it. <laughs> yes. No, totally. So that's good. Yeah. And also, though, like, when we are that age and we're dealing, like, with whatever, like, insecurity you're dealing with or whatever thing that you think is funny and you think other people are going to find funny, I do think that that's, like, not rooted in you being quote unquote bad, you know what I right, mean? Right. No. The intention was not for you to go and like do something. No, I was bad. being inconsiderate. Right. I was being inconsiderate and I was being doing the most to say the least. Right. But I also think it cringes me out though, still to this day, because I now still get in trouble for that type of shit, which is doing something that I think is funny, but it's mean. Like that is like where I get into trouble all of the time where I like drink a little too much get a little too bold and being a little too honest about something right and I think I'm being funny but really it's like nobody needs to hear those harsh words right <laughs> like and then and and I, I mean like I think that it's gotten better throughout my life but like I would say that that is my biggest that is my that is my Achilles heel man I get too honest Look, I think that it's better to get, like, maybe too honest than to be, like, a shady bitch that yeah, I agree. is, like, a big shit talker behind someone's back. And, yeah, like, for sure. You know? I think that it's just kind of, like, I know that I'm judgmental, and I know, like, that I wish I were, 
less judgmental. And I also wish that even if I am going to be judgmental, I would keep it to my goddamn self. Because whenever I think about it in the light of the clear blue morning, I'm like, bitch, shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> I feel like I was so harshly judged in high school, mm -hmm. like all throughout high yeah. school, that it has made me... I don't think that I'm a very judgmental person. I think that I have a pretty long leash mm -hmm. for like the bullshit that yeah. I see or like can handle. But when you cross it, I'm like, it's, I'm just like, I then become, turn like into the most judgmental bitch. But it takes me a while to get there. Yeah. I also think if you feel like you've been wronged, in some ways it gives you, like, permission. Like, if somebody gets, like, a job oh, over you or an God. opportunity 100%. or, like, whatever, then you're like, well, I'm justified, bitch. Oh, totally. I mean, I spent my whole therapy session this morning, which to me, like, root is goes back to my root issues, which so many of it, like, happened in things that happened mm -hmm. in high school, is, like, my insecurity of feeling like I will never fully be seen, like people will never fully allow me to reach my potential. Like I'm just like repeating all of these yeah. cycles that I was in in high school. And then me seeing someone that I'm like, and my, my facts ain't them. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it truly feels so primally adolescent to me in and you so think many it's ways. like rooted in like you feeling not like people don't see you you're not being seen 100 percent. i'm not being understood I'm, I'm not being seen like i still feel like i have the angst of a 15 year old inside of me you know i mean sometimes i feel that way other times it feels way more justified other times it feels way more justified than it did then when i'm like but I've done so much hard work and yeah i do and like uh -huh. you know in high school i was such a bad student i was so not doing the work that, right. like for things to not work out in hindsight it's like yeah honey of course because you didn't you didn't do your homework <laughs> you know what I mean oh you got you got a d on that test you didn't study Oopsie. you know Oopsie. you didn't study and you were falling asleep in class you know Rot -row. So, how did this yeah. happen yeah but now you're such good student, I know. and now that's why all your dreams are going to come true. I know, isn't that right? You're also killing it. Thanks, stupid Sudi. bitch. Stupid bitch. <laughs> now I'm being honest. Well, look, I'm being too honest. As your guidance counselor, I say, you know, you are fine. You need to release that. You need to let go of that because at the end of the day, it's it could be also a lot worse. You could have been spreading like a nasty ass rumor. You hear yeah. that all the time, where people are like. You know, there are rumors going around in my high school, like so-and-so had a stinky vagina. <gasps> there were a lot of stinky vagina rumors going on. Oh my God. There were a lot of rumors that I, like, was a drug dealer. There was a rumor that was going on that a girl in my high school had to wear an eye patch because she would let guys come in her eye. Like, there were just, like, a bunch of rumors, you know? And why was she wearing the eye patch? <laughs> Because the eye patch, that's not a rumor. You either well, see babe, a girl wearing an eye patch know, do or we, not. Do we think someone came in her eye? Maybe. I got to say, if I had gotten a weird eye injury and I had to wear an eye patch, my, you know my ass would be like, yeah, somebody came in my eye. Yeah. That Jizz. would be my little line. Yeah. Why are you wearing the eye patch? Line. Jizz. Yeah. You got to have a little line. You got to have a little line. In a situation. A like when, absolutely, my, I already did one of my little lines, which was like when I was getting my teeth fixed. I would always make the joke of like, I got implants. I was like, I'm not fucking actually off the cuff. This is all just like <laughs> hack bits. 
that I'm doing. One being a bitch is one of my hack bits. It's one of my go-tos. I love bitch city. See, and that's the problem is that sometimes people love it. And that is also encourages me. Yeah, encourages. Which is, this happened to me at a party the other day, which was like, I felt like I was kind of being really fun. And then I got a little too real. And then I. Was it at my party? No, girl. No, girl. She it wasn't. Says. No, it actually wasn't. And then you got to, you got a little too real. And then the next day you woke the next up day to I'm like. like no, a no, there was no, no one ever says anything. No repercussions in this one moment except for my own guilt. heart and guilt. Well, because I'm older and I should fucking know better. No, but sometimes you know what? Sometimes I'm my mother. Come... What can I say? I'm my mother. Sometimes we come on the podcast to find out, hey, guess what? You're exactly as you were when you were 16. I mean, I figured out my hair, I figured out my teeth, but not much else has changed. Truly. <laughs> Truly. If you could go back in time and give your high school self some advice, what would it be? It would be that I am doing the right stuff. Just, like, keep being confident. Like, which I think that I always, despite kind of a lot of um, my physical attributes, I was always blindingly confident. And I think that the my confidence has always been my biggest asset. It has helped me through. And confidence for no reason sometimes. Delusional confidence. But, like, I think that I would tell myself that, like, that is going to serve me and just, like, keep going. Just, like, no, it's going to be good. Did you ever doubt that? I definitely felt that it was very scary when I graduated NYU and knew I wanted to be a professional comedian and writer and that I didn't know when or if that was ever going to happen. But I think that throughout my life, I got little confirmations that I was good. And I kind of just kept going to the net, even though I had setbacks and had like deep periods of having like absolutely no money. Um, I always kind of got little breadcrumbs of even if it was like doing a really good show. Yeah. Where I was like, I'm just going to keep. Nothing ever told me not to keep doing it. Right. And then I fucking got lucky one day. Worked out. Which I think is how it kind of works. One day you just kind of got to, you just need to be prepared. And then one day you're going to get lucky and you're going to be prepared. There you go. From God's mouth, honey, to our ears. Sherry. Did you go to prom? Yeah, I went to prom. What did you went wear? To- Prom my sophomore year, even too. really, yeah, with the man I later betrayed with my gossipy tongue. Oh, that oh. spite that tongue. I know. What um, what did you wear all three years? My first year, I went to New York on a little trip mm-hmm. with my friend, and her mom took us to New York. And we went to the Anthropology at Thirty Rock, gorgeous. And I went straight to the sales rack, and I found for seventy eight dollars. Love that number. A sale chiffon anthropology hippie dress that i was like cream colored and had flowers on it It had kind of one of those like crushed velvet ribbons remember that was like a thing yes and i remember calling my mom and asking her if i could buy it because i didn't have enough money for it and so like my friend's mom would buy and then my mom would like pay her back or whatever yeah and so i loved it it was like from new york and it was like my style is like indie girl or whatever and then um, my boobs were way too big for it. It mm. had like triangle 
Like, top. it was, like, umpire waist yes. and then had, like, two triangles for the titties, which I didn't notice in my excitement. And so my mom saw me try it on, and she was like, you're spilling out of this. So then what'd you do? My mom got ribbon that matched the umpire waist oh. and sewed it to the edges of the triangle to make them bigger for my big old titties. That's so nice. And you couldn't even tell that she had done that. And then I did my hair kind of in like a, like kind of like a 60s kind of half up, half down. And then when um my date saw me, he said, you look like Jenny Lewis. I love that. And that was the biggest compliment because I was like, that's all I want to do is look like Jenny Lewis. Yeah, that's a perfect compliment. I was always trying to be different. And then that was a hit. But then the next two prompts, I was like, I'm indie. I'm cool. And it was like wrong flop why unflattering <laughs> what what was junior year junior year was a short black actually this was fashion and i actually wish that i still had it i think it was bcbg but mm. we got it like at an outlet and it was like high up on the collarbone and then completely out mm. like in a big dramatic skirt knee length and then it had like some sort of like textured taffeta at the bust that kind of looked like feathers mm. and it was black and gold brocade Okay, I don't hate that. And I was with a guy who was a friend of mine who kind of, like, was so lucky that I I had asked him to prom. I had two best friends that were both men. Neither of them asked me to prom. I ended up asking one of them, and I was so upset about it. And I was like, you're so lucky my ass asked you to prom because we're going to have fun. I'm going to get you a corsage or whatever. And he was just, like, such a boy and, like, didn't really know how to handle the situation. And so then he immediately just, like, looked at my shirt and my my dress and he went like this in like a voice he went like bird (laughs) one of the like most like you know like like when a guy is just like spazzing out and has to do like bird and then he did that all night that's honestly hell it was hell hell. it was hell <laughs> and I wore like my sunglasses in all my pictures, and I actually looked so fucking cool. And he yeah, was like, I like bird. that. And I was like, dude, you're Don't so call me fucking bird. Lucky that my ass asked you to prom. Oh my god, bird. <laughs> and then what did you wear senior year? I wore a. We went to the Neiman Marcus outlet in Pennsylvania because the thing in my high school was that. There was a Macy's, which was, like, the only place that you could buy, like, a nice dress. Right. And everybody went to the Macy's, and so you might have the same dress as somebody else. And so my mom and I were always, like, we're going to the King of Prussia Mall, like, when the sales are. And we're, like, hunting. You know, I love the KP. So we went to the Neiman Marcus outlet, and I got kind of, like, a psychedelic. It was very brightly colored. Mm. It was, like, a psych. I wanted to go for a Grecian look, and it would then I ended up with, like, a very, like, bold kind of a Trixie Mattel mm. bold mod print. And the dress was way too big, but I think it was like $25. And my mom was like, this is a great fabric. And like, it's a very high quality dress, but I think it was like a size 16 or something. So then she tailored it And so you? then she tailored it, but it kind of never quite got as small as it could have been. Mm. And then I also did like a very 60s poof. Yeah, I love that though. Now girls, I feel like high school girls, like, they're wearing, like, Reformation. They're wearing, they're like, wearing... a sleek black yeah. dress. And, and they're doing, like, a middle part with, like, a sleeked bun. They look like fucking Nev Campbell. I know. They look they look like how we look now. But then so classy. there is a TikTok, though, where it's, like, this person will rate 
uh, like teens in Houston or Dallas or Atlanta, yeah. like any of these like bigger southern cities. And they those looks are insane. I will show you them. They're like the huge gowns oh, yeah. and like matching with their date. Like my high school, I went to prom my sophomore year as well. Okay. But I went to prom my sophomore <laughs> my junior year, famously got uninvited my senior year. But I did have a really cute dress that I was going to wear my senior year. Were you doing like Jessica Malik? McClintock like cupcake dresses was that like a thing I was doing cupcake dresses in middle school okay yeah I had like Betsy Johnson cupcake absolutely had to that was Um, always my dream but I kind of never quite went there it was fun but it was very fun but I remember my sophomore year I went with a junior who ended up becoming my boyfriend and I wore a white eyelet like dress cotton to prom well hold on it was a white eyelet dress that was like shorter our prom was more casual some people did more casual. rich people are allowed to be casual (laughs) this is the truth but hold on it was white eyelet and then it had black lace like borders so it was like a black lace punk a little yeah it was like it was striped it was black and white striped so it was like white and white eyelet black lace striped exactly that's cool and then my soft i mean my junior year Uh tell me bitch i got this dress here in la I got it on a trip when I went to Tour USC, a school that LOL anyone remotely thought I could get into with my badass GPA. But my mom got it for me. It was silver silk, kind of like a high cut, low neck, and the back came together, kind of like a halter, and the back came together and tied. So like my it was like a sexy it was sexy. Wait, was was there a conversation surrounding your prom looks of like it, this is too much Greta you're showing too much no. skin what is your father gonna say blah no. blah blah. My dad no. like he, who even knows if he, he knew like, I was she's there. Twenty five. But yeah, literally, my one time my dad was like, "You can drive," and I was like nineteen, you know. Um, and my mom was like. Also, your mom was like, "You've got the body." Yeah, my mom. My, <laughs> literally, that's what my mom would say. Yeah. I'm like, "You have a go- all the time. You have a gorgeous figure. You have a gorgeous oh my figure." My mom was always like, "You don't have the bodies of your friends. You can't wear things." No, like that. well, my mom would also say to me because I also had big tits. My mom would say, "You don't have a soccer girl body. You don't oh, have soccer a girl. You don't have. Oh a, my god, that loaded. Yeah, you don't have a soccer. You don't girl have a body. lacrosse girl body. We would call it wasp body. Mm, it was like, yeah. you know, the girls that were." Kind of had A cups, broad shoulders. Yeah. They looked good in polo, and they looked good in the slim cut polo shirt. Yeah. That, by the way, no one looks good in yeah. anymore. Anyway, um, but this dress was a sexy dress. Like my date could just pull it, he untie it, it and it Did would fall. Did he pop it on the dance floor? No, could but you feel nub? We, oh yeah, I mean, we like fucked later that night. I oh think. my god, my friends and I, my senior year from. Every single one of us was with a friend. Okay. Nobody is with a boyfriend. Oh, no. But guess what? Did that stop us? No. We had this huge, my group of girlfriends had this huge group of guy friends. We were constantly giving them boners. They were not our boyfriends, Uh, but it was like a friendly thing to do. I didn't, but there was some sexing. And so we were all with these guys that were our friends. And I remember us, 
deciding in the bathroom that we were going to have a competition amongst the three of us to see who would give the guy who was our friend that we were dancing with a boner first. Love that. So we're all in our silk. I don't fucking remember. (laughs) We're all in our like silk dresses, hands on the floor. Yeah. Fucking Usher is playing. And these guys don't fucking know what to do. They're probably like coming in their jeans. Like these were not like, they weren't like, God bless them, but they were boys. They were like, bird. I mean, this wasn't (laughs) that guy. I was not doing that to that guy. This is a different guy. Actually, I went to senior year. I've talked about this on another podcast, so. And he follows me on Instagram, but um, <laughs> I won't talk about it again, but he knows how I feel about him. <laughs> um, Sudi, the last question of the show is, what was your senior superlative? Did you have one? Was that a thing at your school? I had two. <gasps> yeah, of course, you're an overachiever. What were they? Most likely to be on SNL and most likely to be president. Okay, and both, and honestly, both are coming true in my book. Isn't that crazy? Okay, I don't understand. Like, was it most likely to be on SNL a thing that was, like, common in high schools? It, it Apparently it was, because we hear people are like, yeah, it was, like, SNL. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess, like, when we were in high school, it was, like, peak culture, but. I think it was just, like, a thing that. Meant like maybe it was like instead like, of class. Thing. Yeah, I think instead of, like, class clown, it was that. Oh I did God. do a. Sarah, uh, a Tina, my impression of Tina Fey's impression of Sarah Palin, I did do it at a pep rally my senior year. And another guy named Greg Benjamin did his Obama impression, which was really good. And uh, yeah, I basically just went out there and just said SNL lines. Like I was just like went out there and was like, I can see Russia from my house. And I was like dressed like her. And you know, my civics teacher was just sitting on the sideline absolutely laughing his ass off. He was like, this is the best thing that I've ever done. <laughs> Shout he out to him. Loved it. Shout out to him, Mr. Tomashek. We called him Bimosh. Shout out to Bimosh. Shout out to Bimosh. He lives across the street from my parents. I love that. Oh my God, Sudi, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had such a fabulous time as always. I had a fabulous time. Where can my little classmates follow all things Sudi Green? I'm just at Sudi Green on all socials. We love that. On my Hotmail. On the Hotmail. Thank you guys so much for listening to another incredibly iconic and important episode of Senior Superlatives where we do the hard work of unpacking our trauma from the past. As always, give me five stars, give me an incredible review, and take your parents' phone and subscribe them to this show so that I get more of you to listen. And as I say every week, stay cool, never change. Until next time, ciao. That was a HeadGum Podcast. 